0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you might be around the globe. I hope you're having a really great weekend. Um, it so happens to be the um, Father's Day weekend here in Australia. And so, for all those fathers and those fathering adults that are looking after their children, we wish you all around the globe, especially in Australia and everywhere else, celebrating a very, very happy Father's Day. Now, let me tell you something, we have got the most extraordinary show. It's been so exciting to prepare for this. And this has been since 2005 in the making when I first met Kristen Ferseth um, in our bridal salon in New York City. And who would know all these years later, she'd be in Africa, literally at the outskirts of the Greater Kruger National Park, uh, which is our guest coming up, uh, talking about how she went from corporate America Um, to living in Africa, living the dream, as we say. Um, I just want to start with my thought of the day, and I will do that when I get to the beginning of our countdown. Very much welcome to Henry and Friends Live right around the globe. Well, it's very, very interesting. First of all, welcome to you all. It's exactly one minute past... Um, 31 minutes past Sunday morning. So it's a 31 minutes past midnight in Johannesburg where Kristen Fursek, our guest, is waiting behind the green room. That makes it exactly Saturday night, 6.31pm in New York City, which then makes it exactly 11.30pm on Saturday night, 11.31pm on Saturday night in London, Greenwich Mean Time, and here in just becoming blue skies outside in Sydney, Australia. It's exactly 8.32 in the morning on Sunday. Welcome to you all. It's been a very exciting week. I hope you've had a great week. And it's very interesting when I have my thought of the day, and we're going to quickly quickly jump into um, Kristen Ferseth, who's waiting in her green room at the Greater Kruger National Park. Um, This is about, obviously, living in Africa, living the dream, you know, journeys and paths and i just had to say to all of you um, that this week i think you know already abba after 40 years has actually uh, come out with their new album and i have to tell you i'm going to be putting that link below in our description box and uh the 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 first song that they've come out is um do i i still have faith in you and i just want to read this because it's so apropos for voyages so this is abba's new album voyage And it says here, um, Do I still have it in me? I believe it is in there. For I know I hear a bitterness, a bittersweet so in the memories we share. So it's very, very filled with nostalgia. And I think this is a really, really excellent segue into this weekend's show out of Africa. So let me introduce you very quickly to our guest who's going to take us through her story. Um, Don't forget you're watching us on Henry & Friends Live YouTube channel. Please click our subscribe button. Last weekend we had over 6,000 viewers on our uh, What Do You Kids Really Think? So you might want to go back on YouTube and go to our backlog because we're having some fantastic responses now that we've opened up to YouTube. Um, And for all those who are new viewers, welcome. And those of you who join us on a weekly basis, bring up a sofa, pull up a copy, Pick up a cup of tea, if you're in the right time zone in the right age group, grab a wine or a cocktail as I introduce you to our very, very first guest. And now a little introduction. You know, we live in a time when we think our dreams have been stimmied or maybe we don't have the dreams that we thought we were going to have. And after you meet our next guest, you're going to reignite the dreams you've always had, because this is going to be taking us on a safari, on a journey, on how you go from corporate America to living in Africa, living the dream. So with the big drum roll, I want to introduce you to Kristen Ferseth, who's going to be coming on board in about 10 seconds. Uh, From IBM, Paris, New York and Amsterdam to track and field and Olympic trials from a very significant accident on holiday in St Barts, a divorce and a huge plan to leave everything behind and make a journey of a planned dream to living in Africa. And I'll tell you something really interesting. What's so fascinating about this interview is it's my very, very first guest, not just out of Africa, but also the very first guest that is on fully solar power as she speaks to us now. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome aboard the most extraordinary, effervescent, goal-oriented person that's now living out of Africa in full solar energy, Kristen Verseth. Welcome, Kristen.
1: Hi, thank you, Henry.
0: I'm very, very good. So tell us a bit of your location. So how far are you away from seeing, you know, the national park animals and the wildlife? And how far away are you?
1: Okay, so I live in a big five, which means it has all the predators, the lions, the elephants, the leopards, the Cape buffalo. Uh, I have the big five outside my doors every day. Um, But I'm I'm also about 20 minutes from the formal Kruger National Park, from the Orphan Gate. So I can go there for a day trip whenever I'd like.
0: So can I ask you something? Um, Have you ever had a circumstance where you've had um, a bit close to comfort with maybe a giraffe or a zebra or any of those animals?
1: Um, With an elephant and with a Niala. And a Niala is an antelope type deer with very long horns. And they are the sweetest things. They really are. But they can gouge you with their horns without really realizing it. And uh, they do t- tend to come up to see you, and, but you need to back off. And, and I had one that was going after a warthog, and I kind of got in the mix there. And that was just a few weeks ago. And, uh, but I did not get horned.
0: Very friendly. I hope you get part, part of their horn situation. Part of your horn action. Um, for all of those joining us, you're on Henry and Friends live. Our very special guest out of Africa. And thank you for your graciousness. It's exactly 37 minutes past midnight on a Sunday morning. You've gone up specially or stayed awake specially from all our audience to do you. To, uh, from all our audience to you. Thank you. Um, what I think everybody's really interested. in, The first 15 minutes of this hour, we're going to be doing your backstory. Then we are, I promise everybody, we'll be opening it up to your syrups and also questions. So any question you have, please start typing them out in the message box, in your comments box, because we definitely will be answering them this week. So I want to hand it over to you and uh, Christian, and I want to ask you, can you give us a little bit, like we've got some notes here about your part, which is, look at this, guys. Can you give us a little bit of a brief on your backstory, what you're about, and we can just absorb and learn Kristen Forsett's backstory.
1: OK, so I mainly grew up in Michigan, in the United States, although I did uh, was a foreign exchange student for a little over a year in the Netherlands when I was 15 and 16 and established a lifelong connection to that country and to the people. I go back every few years and visit all my friends and my Dutch family. Uh, Then I came back to Michigan and I went to Michigan State University, uh, was pre-vet, needed some time to figure out after I realized veterinarian wasn't going to work, I went to Greece and lived as a foreign exchange student slash athlete in Greece. Uh, Then I came back and uh, finished and got my bachelor's degree in supply chain management at Michigan State University, worked at General Motors, got married, had two children, After 11 years of being married, realized that the marriage was not working, so I went back to school and got my master's of business administration so that I could get a career to take care of my children and myself. Uh, Started working for IBM in uh, Paris, Amsterdam, and then also in New York. Um, My children became of the age, high school age, where I wanted them to be back in the U.S., And my ex-husband, the father of my children at the time, was from Ireland. He was gonna move back to Ireland, but he decided not to. So I took a position in state government so that my children could have access to their dad and have a relationship with their dad. And we were the first couple in, or the first family in Michigan to actually do a week on, week off custody arrangement. And you know, it had its trials and errors, but it worked out really, really well. Um, And my kids grew up very, very great. Um, when I was in college, I was an athlete, but I had severe back problems and I had to have laser back surgery. I was the first person to have laser back surgery. This was in 1982 because I was so young and in good shape. I still competed, but I, I mean, I still worked out, but I didn't compete until I started to go through the divorce. And then I, uh, got back into triathlons and, um, running and did go to the world championships twice in triathlons. Um came back
0: wow, wow, yeah. wow, take a breath, wow, carry on amazing
1: had, had a goal. I always wanted to go to the Olympic trials, so that was that was pretty amazing. Um, after I got divorced, I became engaged to a wonderful man. he was very wealthy, different lifestyle than I was used to, and i I adapted to it, and he was a wonderful person, but as you said i I was hit by a car in St. Bart's, and I was in a coma for five weeks and our relationship did not make it through the year of physical therapy and um, other therapies that I had to have to recover from that accident. Um, So uh, that went by the wayside. Um, And then I hit an age where I realized I needed to do something for myself. I was going to be retiring in 10 years. And I started to look around the world of where could I make uh, an environmental and social impact and where I could be happy. And so about 10 years I traveled throughout the United States and also throughout the world. Um, I even went to Bhutan and the Galapagos Islands and um, started volunteering for the David Sheldrick Wildlife Trust. I worked with Game Rangers International in Zambia. And that, those are both elephant orphanages, but they're much bigger than that. They also do anti-poaching and help uh, do laws throughout the world to not have ivory traded and things. And um, one year I came to South Africa to work at Makalali and I couldn't believe I loved it. I just loved it. So for three, four years, I came back and then finally um, bought land and built in this reserve because this reserve is for the animals. And you live here, by living here, I'm actually helping have a a wild space for lions, leopards, elephants, giraffes, zebras. So it's, it's just, it fit all my needs. And well, we're,
0: we're definitely going to be playing. Yeah, it, I should say. I mean, it's so humbling to have you on our show. And there's this surge of hope. You know, in this day and age, we want to be refreshed. We want to be invigorated. Our fashion correspondent Lucy Larita in Melbourne reminds me often, and so does our London beauty correspondent in uh, London, Rubina Latif. As does um, our travel correspondent, Mr. Robert Pulaski, and it goes on. Um, we we want positivity. We and it's so invigorating to hear what you have to say and, and, and your roadmap. Before we actually get to the continent of Africa, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a first, yay, yay, an exclusive from South Africa. You're our first from the African continent. Um, can I ask you this? What was, and I think what we want to do today is learn from you, because I think people have lost some of their dream. And you told me during our pre-interviews and behind now in the, you know, the green room, that in actual fact, it's all about planning. But before we get, our first footstep into the continent of Africa. Can I ask you what would you say was um, the biggest challenge of your life before Africa? I'd love to know that first. What was the biggest? What was the biggest hurdle?
1: Um, well, I have two, uh, probably. Uh, one was going through the divorce. Um, I'm Catholic. When I believed, when you got married, you got married for life, and I truly loved my husband and it took three or four years to realize that things were not going the way they were going to go and that they weren't going to change and it did it did take a lot of uh assessing uh the ter- the current situation could it change could it be better if it couldn't what do i need to do um and that was that was like four or five years of going back to get my master's so that i could get a job uh and i got a job with ibm and and Um, Also preparing my children for a divorce, but then also, you know, for their parents to be working separate and living separately. That was that was that was difficult. Um, The other one was the accident. I don't remember the accident. I don't remember about six to eight months of my life, but I do know for about 18 months after I actually became aware, um, you know, I of the relationship didn't make it. Um, I have some residual impacts from that accident and it took a while to adapt my life so that I could, could continue as normal as possible.
0: Can I ask you a question, which I think is on the, well, on the top of everybody's lips and, and thoughts. How does one recover from such an accident? I have no idea it was 18 months of initial repair. What goes on in your mind? Do you, you know, because a lot of people do get debilitated from accidents and they never recover. What's your secret? What was your secret for recovery?
1: Well, it's funny is the doctors in St. Bart's and in um, Miami Memorial Jackson in Miami, which is where I was actually finally flown to. um, They said that the fact that I was in such good health and in such good shape. And that my body—I had been—I had stressed my body through marathons and through triathlons. That my body knew what to shut down and what not to shut down. When I have a traumatic brain injury, I actually have an open head wound. Um, so, I—I w- I was one of the very few people who would have ever recovered from that and not be in assisted living. So, that's that's an amazing thing, and and thank God for exercise for that. Um,
0: not, but, mentally, not mentally, mentally, I mean physically, I yeah. guess. what what goes in your brain that you can share with us
1: emotionally it was very difficult um for two reasons because it's hard to understand that your brain's not working well because you don't see that but others do but you don't and they tell you that it's not working well but you have a hard time grasping that and the other thing is because my brain wasn't working working well it took me longer to emotionally process things um like the breakup Um, it just takes a much longer time to emotionally. So it was quite frustrating. And to be honest, I was on Valium. Um, I had a lot of anxiety, uh, going through that time period and I saw a psychiatrist and everything and we had to work through it, but it was amazing as they did say, my brain would heal itself as best as possible over five to 10 years. And it really did. Seriously. Um, Things got better and, and I could tell that it got better. And, and so that's great. I, I now take. Maybe once or twice a year. Usually, when I get on a plane, I have to take a Valium. That's the only time I need it now. And that's what you take. That's That's all.
0: A really fatal, you know, almost near fatal accident. It's extraordinary. I'm just going to put you behind the green room for a moment, um, and we're going to carry on with the actual thing that um, is probably before before Africa. What was the highlight before you stepped on the continent of Africa that you can share with us? We'll be right back after uh, just this little breakette. Um, I just want to welcome you all. This is an extraordinary interview. It's the first time we've all gone on safari together to South Africa. And I also want to say that um, I want to welcome my dear sister Lillian, uh, who is here. She's about seven kilometres away that way, actually that way, um, staying in a, in a quarantine hotel. She's a superstar. Uh, we're going to also have her on as an architect coming up. And I just want to, on behalf of all of us at Henry and Friends Live, my mother and father who are waiting, cannot wait. She's halfway through the mark. Uh, She's such an inspiration. So welcome to her. Again, all of those who are just joining us who are new, Um, we have got uh, Kristen Fursteth. You've come on a really good day because it's the very first time we've actually had anybody from the continent of Africa, from corporate America, living in Africa and living the dream. So I'm just going to do a little bit of a slice here and we're going to be right back Um, with part two of this interview, which is basically before Christian Berseth got to Africa, what was the highlight up to that point from IBM and France and and New York and Amsterdam and and, and a plethora of corporate achievements, including the Netherlands and um, including the Michigan State Government. But I want to know from all of that, what were some of her biggest highlights? And I'm going to do a bit of a teaser because I'm going to actually show you um, a little bit of the wildlife that Kristen Furseth actually contends with now before we go into highlights before she got here. Take a look at this. how classic is that uh so ladies and gentlemen it's exactly 8 50 a.m on a sunday morning in sydney australia that makes it 6 50 p.m on a saturday night in new york city and exactly 50 minutes past midnight from in johannesburg where our awesome special guest is talking to us exclusively in live here on henry and friends welcome back I love that thing with the waterfall, but we'll get to that later on. That has actually blitzed social media. All my friends are calling me up and people on Henry and Friends Live going, and my sister Lillian and my sister Michelle saying, oh my God, how did she not fall through that? But that was a little bit of a teaser, but um, can you tell us with all the highlights you had before Africa, what was one of the things that you'd say was the highlight of, of your life up until Africa?
1: Okay, so I'd like to say that my life has three, three sections. There's the the athletic, the professional, and the personal. And the athletic is making it to the Olympic trials and going and competing. Now that was right after my accident, and it was extremely difficult because my pituitary gland didn't work. And um I was one of the first athletes to ever be allowed steroids while competing, but that's because my body didn't make it. So that was pretty cool. But And my son at the time was 18, and he was able to go with me to the Olympic trials. And I was one of the oldest people to ever qualify for a track and field event at the for the United States Olympic trials. So that was great. Um, That was a lifelong dream. Um, Professionally, when I went to the Netherlands for IBM, I was the first single woman with children to be an expat to be an American worker working in a foreign office. And I didn't realize at the time, but a lot of the my the general managers and our vice president of procurement didn't think that it would work. Um, they didn't think that a woman would be able to stay in a foreign country on her own with two children. Um, it did help that I spoke Dutch and that I had friends there, but I also lived in pair in France with IBM and we did quite well. So the fact that I uh, blew them out of the water with the success that we had in uh, global procurement in in Europe because of my presence was great. And then in my personal life, it might be the birth of my two children because they're wonderful. they're great.
0: That's that's actually really beautiful. Not Not one that I thought of, you know, it's so important to be broadening because a lot of people that women that give birth um, say that, and it's so humbling to be reminded of that um, on this Fathering Day in, uh, in Australia and, and other places all around the world, because there's a real cross-pollination of nurturing and guidance um, from, the adult, um, from the adult to the child and the baby. So that's absolutely incredible. Um, I'm just going to ask you uh, another question, and that is one of many what was was there a moment because I want to know how this dream you know was there that moment where you like you woke up one day and you're like, okay well I'm going to go and live in Africa I'm going to actually live my dream I'm going to live in the dream I'm going to live in Africa I'm going to leave corporate America could you please share with us on this exclusive interview at Heaven and friends live how did this ha- how does this happen how do we make that happen how did you make that happen
1: so it wasn't clear to me uh I first went to Kenya to the Sheldrick Wildlife Trust in Nairobi, and then I lived in Kafui National Park in Zambia, and I've also worked, uh, volunteered in Zimbabwe. Those are three countries I would not have felt comfortable living in for a variety of reasons. Kafui National Park is very remote, and Nairobi, the traffic and the people, a lot of people. It's a beautiful city, but it's very, very busy. So... And when the uh, Wildlife Trust said, well, why don't you try makalali in South Africa? You know, I heard a lot about apartheid and everything and I was a little, little tentative. But when I came here to Hutzbright, which is where, where I'm at, I couldn't believe how wonderful it was and how wonderful makalali, which is a big five reserve here, and the animals that you see daily and how much endorphin that gives you to see an elephant every day. and I came back six months later and just loved it and then started talking to people and then realizing that this area here are, is like my people. They all are here for wildlife conservation, for environmental reasons. Uh, most of the reserves, um, th- we talked about this before, but there's the formal Kruger National Park. It's about yeah. The guys in- so... Uh, 25 years ago or so farmlands, they were not productive here. So a lot of developers bought them. And what they did was they took all the farm stuff out and they brought in in the indigenous area, indigenous animals and planted indigenous trees and things. And they, so like um, for uh, a development that's like uh, 30,000 acres, they'll reserve 8,000 acres where there could be maybe um, 40 homes. But those 40 homes pay a monthly fee that pay for the rest of the acreage to be used for a wild game. And that includes the anti-poaching teams, a game warden, um, any veterinary care of the endangered animals, et cetera. And I just loved that premise that I can live here and by just living here, I am helping have wild land for African animals.
0: So and then I've, not, gonna, I've got to, sorry, I don't want to disturb you there. So just to get onto that point before we get into the Africa side, because I've got some really interesting questions, one from our very regular uh, viewer and audience, Mr. Jeffrey Alvin himself in New Jersey, um, in Connecticut, no, sorry, in New York, um, which I'll get to. But so what you're saying is some people have their dream it's just a knee jerk, uh, they've off into life. What I think you're saying and actually what we can take away and uh, our audience is natural actual fact it was um, a, a, the plan was you wanted to change your life or you wanted to change that part of the rest of your life. And you went about it quite systematically uh, yeah. and you went yes. about it quite thoughtfully. So it had to tick off quite a few boxes. Right.
1: Right. Right. And I, I kept coming back every six months. I came back to make sure oh. that things things were what I thought they were, that it was as real as I thought they were. And, you know, once I realized this was the place that the people are fantastic, um, the, the area is fantastic, it's diverse, um, I just, it felt, I felt it. I, 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 this was my place. And then it took about two or three years of finding property, uh, building a house, uh, you know, finding the right big five I want to live in, And and the fact that now Kruger National Park is now called the Greater Kruger National Park, it's almost doubled in size, which is great for the elephant population and everything, just really fills my heart.
0: So, it's, so, you know what's so interesting? Because I remember now, um, I had this in the back of my mind because I always planned to do a podcast, right? And I thought about Henry and Friends Live. And then I thought, you know, there has to be some kind of connections, first, second, or third generation connection, just like in the LinkedIn. And I recall specifically seeing your posts, the build up. And so, for all of those people that are listening this morning and are joining us throughout the world, the interesting thing is that you really just set an example. Because it's one thing to have pie in the sky and then there's a whole different story from pre-planning. So that's incredible. I'm going to invite you back into the green room. We have some interesting questions coming up and um, I might just do a little snippet as we almost come into the hour. Um, You are blowing up the switchboard, I have to tell you. Um, We'll be back with Kristen in a second. So it's um, as I promised you, it's so interesting. And I think um, the thing to take away at the moment is a determination. I mean, from a person that had really quite a serious accident um, that, you know, could have been fatal, the way she, her body and her mind pushed through from coma to repair. It then went on from, you know, um, working in corporate America, a divorce, but making sure that one of her number one joys and her number one, um, you know, accolades for her life is, the birth of her children which is so very very interesting um i want to remind you that you are on henry and friends live we now beam around the world including africa uh, new zealand australia america london united kingdom uh, and many other countries um do check us out on youtube uh channel um and go down to our description box um if you want to have any of the links on how to get hold of um kristen for and also i'll be including the new abba Uh, track, which is absolutely stunning. It does take a few listens, um, but it's called Voyager, and that's what we're doing this weekend. We're almost coming up to the hour. It is exactly 12 midnight, Uh, uh, so London is about to go from Saturday night to Sunday morning. Uh, In the east coast of America, it's going to 7 p.m. at night. Um, In Johannesburg, it's going to exactly 1 a.m. in the morning. And that just shows you um, it's not just enough to make a dream happen, but Kristen first said makes it happen through hard work. And here in Sydney, Australia, we're going into a blue sky, sunny day at 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning. You're listening to Henry and Friends Live. I'm going to just take you to another little bit of a snippet of Kristen Seth. before we get into the uh, African experience, we, please, any questions, thoughts or comments, we invite them in right now and take a look at this.
1: Ellie's here, there's a baby and a teenager.
0: These are actually original shots that you've taken. How close are you when you take these photographs and those experience with... Actually, before we say anything, could you please tell us about that waterfall? Like,
1: Okay, so that's at the Devil's Pool. I had read about that, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, and I was like, I need to go there. It's on the Zambian side of Victoria Falls, and you can only sit in the Devil's Pool in the month of November, because that's when the water is at its lowest. Right, and you actually swim out there, and, and they do have a little line you can hold on to if you don't feel comfortable enough. And um, it is amazing, because you you go there from uh, Livingston's Island. Uh, so when I was working in Kufuri National Park in Zambia, it, it was very remote. It was, uh, we were monitoring elephant populations. It was difficult. And so one of my free weekends, I took a bus, a seven hour bus ride. Really? down to Victoria Falls, spent two days down there, and then did that. And it just, you know, it fills up your battery so you can go run, you know, work, do, you know, work in a really hot, tick-filled place. Fills up your
0: batteries. Hold on, fills up your batteries. My batteries would have been short-circuited. I think everybody that just saw that, I mean, you're literally perched just as it would. Come on, Kristen, how do you do that? Like, that's, why do you do that? do do that?
1: They actually didn't want to put, they did not want to show that they were holding onto my legs. And I'm like, no, no, you have to. Cause my children know I'm afraid of heights and they know I would never do this unless someone was actually holding on to my legs, but it was, I love it. I'd go back and do it. Again. It was, I highly recommend it. Go to Zambia in November.
0: Let me tell you something. I had a bath this morning I was thinking about that waterfall, and the closest I'm ever going to get to that is the water cascading from the faucet in my bath. But I think it's, it's just, just extraordinary. Um, what I want to do is ask you probably what is also on the mind of many people, and one of um, our very um, avid listeners uh, and viewers, Mr Jeffrey Alvin. I'll put the question up in a moment, but I'll tell you, um, it's an, he, what he's saying is, um, and we'll get into the socioeconomic and these you know the community issues but basically what Jeffrey Alvin is saying and asking is um you know what is your experience now with community diversity and inclusion we hear one side what's your experience and how is that interaction from your experience
1: it's been wonderful now you do have to realize that being white I am a minority here and um So like today I helped Halo, it's a hood sprite animal outreach center. And we go to the villages and we vaccinate and take care of their dogs, their village dogs. And we also take them to the vet if they need any vet assistance. Um, And that's paid for and they're also sterilized. Um, Yvette who's from the Netherlands uh, was the driver and I was a helper and we were the only white people. But you don't really notice it. Um, When I go to the mall, Acorn mall, I might be the only white person there might be another one but you don't really notice it you really don't um now Sprite, uh the little town that i'm next to is about 50 50 um white and black and you just see everybody um i joined a mar longo hiking group and we went hiking up i'm in the Sig mountains and we went hiking there uh two weeks ago i was the only white person in the group um but it's not a big deal. It's It's been really good. There is a, a very strong middle class black population here in Hootsprite. There's also lower class blacks and lower class whites. And uh, there's some farms, citrus farms. So you really get a mixture. But that's what the one thing I did like is I like the diversity here.
0: So do you think the media portrays one kind of existence living in Africa uh, and your actual experience? Do you think there's a discrepancy there?
1: Well, I think the media does that all over the world, because I lived an hour outside of Detroit, and Detroit is not what everyone in the rest of the world thinks Detroit is like. There are pockets of Detroit that I would not go into after 8 o'clock at night, but there's also pockets in Johannesburg I wouldn't go into. There's pockets in Amsterdam. There's pockets in Paris. So, you know, media is going to report on what's going to catch eyeballs. Um, I I have found things to be very wonderful here and very nice. I've never been treated badly by anybody um and it's very peaceful but again i'm in hood sprite which i do understand is not as because we just had some riots here yeah. was that four weeks ago when zuma went to jail um but that yes. wasn't a white black thing that was that was two different uh parties
0: that's fascinating that was absolutely fascinating and heartening it really, really is, because that's really, it's the first time, and I've, you know, read a lot about what was happening in South Africa, as all of us probably have, and that's a really interesting insight. It wasn't a black or white thing. No. Amazing. It was,
1: yeah, what's really interesting is I've been told by a lot of people here, is that since the the blacks have been in power for, the ANC's been in power for 25 years, I believe 24, 25 years, they now realize it wasn't white people who are corrupt it's just powerful people who are corrupt
0: that's actually a problem and an issue all around the world being aware being conscious um you're really uh, on a race of the individual spirit aren't you holding that individual spirit and being a vanguard of it would you agree with that
1: yes yes
0: and that's the actual ty- that's actually the, the force of our book that I've been writing with my father for the last 32 months. So the stories I told my son. It's really the race of the individual spirit and the vanguard of humanity. Um, so I think my father and you uh, truly relate. And all those people at the moment that are really wanting to, regardless of the environment of what's happening with the pandemic, is to really hold on to their personal individuality. In a, in a democratic environment. There we are. We got a little bit of political there. Um, okay, but what I'd like to do is um, just also tell you about next week's show. So I'm going to put you in the green room for a moment. Um, if you want to have a sip of water. Are you enjoying yourself?
1: I am. This is fun.
0: It is fantastic. I want to remind everybody that it's actually one oh seven a.m on a sunday morning in johannesburg um, at the greater kruger national park where our guest is actually given the grace and the generosity of her time so please any comments that um, can really welcome christian uh, for seth as we have been doing any comments um, caroline mcginnis from um, melbourne is welcoming you we've got people from melbourne from mexico from tennessee from london from new jersey Um, from Darling Harbour, from Sydney, Australia, from Melbourne. So we want to welcome you. I'm just going to put you into the green room. You can take a breath, because when we come back, after we talk about what's on next week, um, we're going to get into some of your life lessons and the syrup that makes Kristen Seth. Kristen Seth. we'll be right back. I promised you in the most amazing interview, and we're just so absolutely delighted to have uh, Kristen Seth. Don't forget, next weekend, We have the gorgeous, delicious, fabulous Rubina Latif, our beauty um, correspondent from London, uh, who works directly with uh, Kiehl's at um, at, uh, Regent Street uh, at Liberty. She's created on behalf of Kiehl's um, a facial. Uh, She's been known to create her own entrepreneurial business, Mother Earth, and she's going to be on next weekend talking about beauty trends, the hits and the misses. So that's one definitely to watch. Um, we're just going to have a quick little um, uh, what I call the the, the um, I can't even speak now because I'm so excited. The little brand of um, <laughs> I can't talk. I'm, I'm really quite taken aback by, by this interview, but I found it. I was uh, buying time. So this really is living the dream. Uh, with Kirsten Ferseth. We're going to be back in four seconds talking about the syrups of life as we come to 10 past the hour, wherever you are in the globe. Technical, technical. I'm getting rid of my switchboard. Um, so I want to ask you, because we've got a few bullet points, um, and the very first one I want to actually put up So we've spoken about your backstory, um, about how you got to Africa. We've talked about community and integration. We've talked about the highs of your career, the highs of your life, the challenges, which was the divorce and the accidents and bats coming out of your coma and into real living. But now I think people wanna know the syrup, the actual thing that makes you TikTok. So just going on to that, the very first one, and I'd love to go through the points, is for you to explain um, in the next five or eight minutes, towards the end of the show, um, some of these syrups that we can take home. Uh, and here we go. The first one was curveball. Stop and assess your needs and wants. What does that mean?
1: So when you realize, or when I realized something was not going correct, like my marriage wasn't going correct, or my career wasn't going correct. Sometimes you can you get a lot of depression and anxiety because you're just You're you're like a duck, you're padding like crazy underneath, and you're not really looking at the bigger picture. And I have to take it, I have to stop and assess what is happening. Does it need to change? And how does that need to change? And I also go back and look at the needs and wants that that I want or at the time my children, what did they need? What did they want? And I make a plan. So I can say, okay, so this marriage is not working. So I need to find a way to support myself and my children and make it as easy transition for my children as possible so those are the needs and wants um the same of after my accident you know I had to to uh I, I lost another relationship um, and I had to find some purpose in my life and so what was that purpose going to be so I had to go back and and live the things that made me happy to tend to be from when I was a, ch- a child I love animals I love helping people so I, I figure out where I'm at and where do I need to go
0: and then the, and, and also what i have learned and it's i think a big lesson for us we get nervous we get anxious you want things to happen so quickly and what your lesson to all of us is take it slowly because you've really got a knee jerk is not always the best jerk, so to speak right. i don't know if that's right cool. but anyway um the next one here which I'm, um, which i found fascinating while we were discussing this um building up to your show is find your inner six or seven year old
1: yeah me? oh Okay, so I watched Born Free when I was like six or seven years old. And my mother says today, I knew she was going to move to Africa when she, after she saw that movie. <laughs> even she recognized that Africa was probably a place I've always wanted to go. And I never thought I could afford to even come and visit South Africa or even Africa. Um, but I found a way to be able to do that.
0: That's absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, some people say that we always have our inner child, but what you're saying is connect to the dreams of your inner child, plan it, don't forget it, go back to the source. Oh, my God. I, we've got people commenting Donna Harris in Newcastle, Australia, New, north coast of New South Wales, saying it's a really inspirational, um, wonderful day after this. Kristen, we really do um, uh, welcome you to go back on all these comments with all the people and just make contact with them. Um, okay. Because the the they're loving you. We're all loving you. Um, at, at, at 13 minutes past 1am in the morning in Johannesburg. Wow. Uh, here's the next one. Make a plan. Yes, I know. You're doing so well. Make a plan and start moving. What does that mean?
1: So that's what I have found to really help me deal or cope with bad situations or when I start getting anxious, is I make the plan. Okay, getting my master's degree. I had to take classes before I could be accepted to, ma- to get uh, to uh, Michigan State to get my master's. So I took statistics, and I took, I think it was calculus or something. So, But I had a plan. This is what I needed to do. Then I had to take the, the GRE that I was going to get to the school, that I was going to get an internship with an international company because I wanted to, to intern abroad. Um, So once you have that plan or once I have that plan and I have steps and I try not to make them so concrete that if I miss a step, it freaks me out or knocks me off. I make them kind of wide. Um, But then once I'm moving on the plan, that keeps my anxiety and depression at bay because I'm working it. It might take, it took me four years to get my master's degree, to get the the pre-enrollment stuff done, then the master's degree, then my internship with IBM and then being hired by IBM. But the fact that I was moving in that direction was very calm for me.
0: That's fascinating. So the thing is you're quite right because if you're not having your end plan, the dream, right? Living the dream sounds really easy. You just pick up a magic wand and the dream appears. You're saying, know what the plan is, know the goalposts, sit down, the tiles that, you know, paved the road to the goal, and then the dream arrives, not the other way around, which is really interesting. By the way, this is a real networking um, show, as you can imagine, because we're networking with you. And I have a request, and I'll just put it on the comments thing here. And this is from the delicious Andrea Ag- Ag- Augusta. So I'm going to actually, I know, we can't read this. I'm going to read this out to you. Andrea, forgive us, because it's a bit of small print for people that are, uh, Uh, whatever, but I'll just read it out first of all. This is what it says. It's beautiful. My son has volunteered a few times in South Africa. He spent five months there in 2019. I met him in East Africa in 2019 and spent travelling around Kenya, Tanzania and Uganda. Such a rewarding experience. I can understand um, why you love it so much. I would love to put my son in touch with you. So I'll. what we do is you can both... Yeah, we connect. Connection, because we're all about networking. So, Andrea, there you have it live on our show that um, Christian, uh, for Seth, is going to connect with uh, you, and then we'll see what magic we can make happen. I want to go on to the...
1: For moving to Africa, to move to South Africa, when I finally decided that Hood Sprite was where I wanted to be, that was a three-year adventure. Really? Because I had to keep coming over because I had to figure out which development I wanted to live in. And they all have different rules and things. And I do have three blind cats that had to come with me. Um, so I had to find lane I first tried to find a house, but I couldn't find a house that would be safe for three blind cats in this area. So then I had to find a development. And then I had to find a builder. And then I had to build a house. And then, of course, COVID happened. So again, it was a three It was a long three years. But now I'm here and it's great. I mean, it's it's amazing. Every day is amazing. It's just, but and it I'm didn't a happen. personality, and I don't have any of issues here. It's just amazing.
0: It didn't happen overnight, and it really just reminds us that all reaching for goals, some of those goals have been put by the side, and I think that if anything, it's a real rejuvenation of our goals, our dreams, but the hard work and the planning that it takes to get there. I'm going to leave you with the the last question um, and before we take a break and we're gonna come back for you to think about a little bit. And that is, from all of this interview, what's the one piece of advice, the one slice of your experience that you can leave us with, with regard to living the dream, living in Africa and leaving what you have behind? So I'm gonna put you in the green room so you can have a think about. And I think we need to look at you in the waterfall again. I really do, please stand by. Uh, this has been a delightful show. I have to tell you, I've been so excited. Um, I remember Kirsten in two thousand and five uh, coming into our bridal salon and just being delighted. And we've been in contact, so um, it's just such a joy. All these years later, you know, you never know how people come back into your life. And again, so gracious, a big applause to our most gorgeous special guest, uh, coming live from the Greater Kruger National Park, who's joined us in so many takeaways, which we'd like to summarize at the end. So I have to I have to indulge, as Geoffrey Alvin says, with a slice, because um, we need to look at um, Kirsten Death one more time, doing her thing at this waterfall, being held on by her hands, literally looking at the water cascading down below her, I mean, you got to love it. Here we go. How do I feel? Awesome.
1: awesome. This is awesome. Oh,
0: my God. Awesome is the word uh, that describes this extraordinary guest um, I feel like we've been on a safari, a journey of life. Um, I still have a few more comments here that I'm going to try and get to, because we're going to extend this by a few seconds. Andrea Augusta says, thank you so much for um, agreeing to connect, um, um, uh, safely on our message board. Caroline, uh, McGuinness, I too once as a child, um, worked in Africa. So there's that connection and Lucy Loretta, our fashion correspondent is saying blown away as my switchboard is. So I'm gonna hand it over to you for the last 60 seconds. What word of advice, what syrup, what Kirsten for Seth syrup of life could you possibly leave us with?
1: Okay, first of all, that's Victoria Falls uh, in that video. Um, As a woman, and as most women in the world, we are brought up to serve others. And I finally got to a point in my life that I could serve myself. So I had to feel what I really wanted to do and I really wanted to help wildlife. And I planned and I made it happen. And a lot of people, including friends of mine, just cannot believe that I upped and moved to South Africa from the United States, a great country, um, but I love it here. And every day I'm living my dream and I, I really implore people that when you get to a point in your life that you can live your dream, plan it out. It may seem that you can't reach it because in three months you can't, but you might over three years. Really live it because this is why we're alive.
0: I, I, I have to tell you, with the project that we're on many, many projects that we're all working on, Uh, you've given us so much inspiration on the project i've been working for for 32 months i think that's a long time but i have very very high goals for my project with my father and you know what all of a sudden the 32 months have melted away because it's just begun again and 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 really can i thank you profusely for your generosity of spirit your time, your energy. We're going to have an after show for anybody that wants to stay behind, where we do a little bit of a chit chat on how you felt uh, the show went. You do must must join us next weekend because we have um, Ravina Latif talking about the, um, the you know the beauty trends directly from London W one. So we'll be transporting ourselves on there. Thank you so very much. Stay behind, uh, Kirsten, for a few seconds. Anyone that wants to join us, as I summarise this show. And we have a little chit chat before you turn the solar panels off. Thank you so very much. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been um, years in the coming of this interview, um, but an absolute joy and pleasure to have hosted you all today. Um, What we always do is we go back to the description box And we look at all your comments and we always get back to them. Uh, Don't forget, next weekend, we have the beauty show. Um, We've got some amazing shows coming up. My sister Lillian will be on uh, Henry and Friends Live talking about her architecture when she gets back to New York. My sister Michelle Roth will be featured um, doing a bridal show, as my dear friends from Canada will also be talking about bridal. We have the extraordinary Wendy Diamond talking about Women's Entrepreneurialship Day and so much more. Uh, signing off and saying it's just an absolute pleasure and honour to to have you join us. And now, if you want to stay behind, you'll hear the behind-the-scenes going live. Thank you and have a great week. Wow, wow, wow. How did you Bye. enjoy that? How did you enjoy that?
1: <laughs> that was good. That was good. That went faster than I thought.
0: It goes fast, doesn't it? Yeah, it goes fast. Is it what you expected the show to be?
1: Yes, yes, I did. You know, it'd be really, how do I contact these people? How do I see their comments?
0: Okay, so what you do is, if you go on to, the probably easiest way is two things. There's two sets of comments. If you go on to Henry and Friends Live, the Facebook page, if you you, you want to do that now, if you join Henry and Friends Live Facebook page, So it's Henry A and D live. Then what happens is once you actually join uh, the page, then I can tag, then you can tag, I can tag. But once you go onto that, so it's Henry and Friends live, and then you just hit, you know, you want to join, then you become part of the community. The other set of, uh, now, so what happens with YouTube? Oh,
1: I I think I've already, I've already, I think I'm already on it. You're on it, I think
0: you might be. Sorry. Yeah,
1: I am following this page. I'm already following oh, this fantastic. page.
0: Oh, fantastic. So what happens is I normally then, as soon as this is over, I always make sure that I pin this show to the top. I then go to YouTube. We change the cover. Then also I would say within a week, I'll give you a call and I'll tell you uh, how we did on YouTube. Last weekend we had 5,500. Uh, the weekend before on uh, the um, dating show we had 8,500 views. Wow. So that's really, really good, yes. Um, but well, what's we up- about
1: dating here? Sorry, Not darling? Just, nobody asked me about dating here.
0: <laughs> uh, but, well, don't worry. We'd love to invite you back and talk to you about dating. That's going to be really interesting. Dating in South Africa. I've also got a guest. Oh, that my God. Really...
1: You know, you have to be a meat eater, meat. apparently.
0: You have to be a meat eater in, in many respects, in many oh respects.
1: Oh, my God. They eat so much meat. And I don't eat. I eat chicken occasionally and fish occasionally. But you, you know, I went to good. someone's house for brunch. I'm not joking there was five kinds of meat and nothing else I'm like how, how, totally does, the, how does
0: the discussion about that, but how does the discussion about meat and dating don't answer that um, how does that <laughs> correlation but I will say as well the other way with comments around the middle of this week coming up um, go onto YouTube Henry and friends live please subscribe and then once you subscribe um, that will then allow you to go onto the comments. And that's a okay. different, you know, audience. Um, I've got five more. I just want to see. There's a lot of comments here. Uh, thank you, Kristen, uh, from Melbourne, um, from Caroline McGuinness. Thank you, Henry. I agree. Big dreams and working on your purpose is worth it. On that, oh, Donna, Donna Harris, um, who's in Newcastle, New South Wales. Uh, Kristen's story is relevant, all age brackets, young and younger. It is a story that can be applied at all stages of life. And on that level, a huge applause. Go to sleep. Take care. And I'll get those figures to you. Please do respond because you've got quite a few people that um, have really enjoyed this. Have a great weekend. Take care.
1: Good night.
0: Good night. Wow. So to all of you, um, we've got some amazing shows coming up. We're on to about our ninth month um, of Henry and Friends Live. Um, It's all about building up a network so that when I uh, get the publishing deal with Henry and Friends Live, I have the basis of a a really, really beautiful um, show. And I'm going to finish off with one of my most favorite people um, around the world uh, Rianne is a stunning, gorgeous woman. You should look her up um, when you look at the messages down below. Uh, we did some work together on, um, what was that? <laughs> the Housewives of Melbourne. And um, she was sharing the room next to me. And I tell you what, um, an extraordinary, beautiful soul and beautiful woman from the inside out. So thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate that. Oh my God. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Hanky. That was my my name. Anyway, enough uh, of all of that because we'll have nothing to say for next weekend. Don't forget the ABBA, the new single, play it and play it. I'm going to be playing it now, and I'm off very shortly to my parents, and we're not calling it Father's Day. We're calling it Happy Parents' Day. So I'll tell you about that next weekend. Take care. You're an amazing audience. Very honoured. Bye for now.